are listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Sherry Schock. Now, here's the host of Lighthearted, Jeremy Dontremont. Welcome. A big thank you to our special guest announcer, Sherry Schock of Pennsylvania, for that introduction. I invite all our listeners to send in their own version of the introduction. You can email me at jeremy at uslhs.org to find out more. My co-host today is Michelle Jewell Shaw, teacher, mom, and chair of Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Jeremy, and hello to all of our listeners out there. Today is June 6th, 2021, and this is episode 122 of Lighthearted. We are heading all the way to Norway in today's episode, into the Arctic Circle, in fact. And we'll tell you about that in a minute. We're well into spring here, and we've started our chores by appointment at Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse here on the New Hampshire seacoast. How do you think that's been going so far, Michelle? I think it's going great. We've had a couple weekends of tours now with just small groups, and I think it's gone incredible. It's really great having people back at the lighthouse again, even if it's just smaller groups at a time now, but we're still getting people out there and letting them see the beautiful lighthouse and telling them about the history of it. Well, I agree with everything you said, and you know, for us too, it's just great being back there. Definitely. Yeah, it's just a great place to be. And uh, speaking of that, uh, you and I got to clean the fourth order Fresnel lens in the lighthouse uh, just a couple of weeks ago. That was very neat. That was the first time I'd ever done that. And I was a little nervous at first. I was afraid that I might break something. Well, I don't think you broke anything that I noticed anyway. Uh, And the lens looks amazing. It looks brand new. It looks so shiny and new. And let me mention something else. Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse for a long time, for many years now, has had a fixed green light. And that's produced by a green acrylic cylinder that's around the uh, the fourth order Fresnel lens. Uh, But very soon, uh, we're told this is going to happen really soon, the Coast Guard is going to put a green LED light inside the Fresnel lens, and that'll produce the green light uh, without having that acrylic cylinder around it. So that cylinder will be gone, and everybody will be able to see the uh, that beautiful Fresnel lens in all its glory. I'm green really excited kind of, for that. Yeah, it is really exciting. I'm looking forward to it. So our listeners might remember that this here is the 250th anniversary of the first lighting of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse. It was the first lighthouse north of Boston in the American colonies. The date of the first lighting was June 8th, 1771. So the actual anniversary is just two days after this podcast episode is being released. Right. And we're having a special virtual celebration just a few hours after this podcast episode is released on June 6th at 4 p.m. Yes, we are. People can find out more about that at PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org. You can register in advance to attend the celebration using Zoom. You and I will be taking part in the event. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Video of the event will be posted on our website at PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org. Also, uh, after the event, video of the event will be posted on our website. Again, PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org. I think it's going to be a great event, and I'm hoping to see lots of people there to be a part of some of the fun things that are planned for this event. Not too many light stations can say they're 250 years old. Absolutely. So let's talk about today's episode. We'll be talking today with Elena Hanstiansen, the owner and managing director of the Little Island Lighthouse in Norway, which is run as a small hotel. 
Litloy Fier, or Little Island Lighthouse in English, is on a small island off the northwest coast of Norway. It was first lit in October 1912. For a time, it was the second most powerful lighthouse in Norway. The lighthouse was electrified in 1959 and then automated in 1991. Staff remained at the light station to maintain the property and to run a weather station. Eventually, the staff was removed in 2003. Then a couple of years later, the Norwegian Coastal Administration sold 20 lighthouses to new stewards. Elena Hanstiensen bought Litloy Fier with the intention of making it accessible to the public. The property has been renovated and overnight accommodations are now available, as well as guided tours. Elena is the island's only permanent inhabitant, although there is support staff to help with the operation of the hotel. Travel and Leisure named Little Island Lighthouse one of the best small hotels in the world. Here is their description. Quote, If visiting an old European lighthouse, going whale watching, and gazing up at the northern lights are on your bucket list, check into Norway's Little Island Lighthouse, which lets you do all three in a single day. The review continues. Quote, Upon arrival, the caretaker will lead you to the lighthouse's separate residence. The accommodations come with a guest library and two bedrooms that can each sleep three. In addition to watching the pods of orcas break the surface from the cliff, a trip in summer also means exploring the island's super cool underground cave, end quote. Elena Hanstiensen was honored with an award for women entrepreneurs in 2017. She has also been deeply involved in international humanitarian organizations, including six years in Palestine. I recently had the pleasure of speaking with Elena. Let's listen to that now. I'm speaking today with Elena Hansdiensen, and I'll ask you, uh, Elena, to uh, maybe uh, say your name properly in a moment here. But Elena is the uh, owner and managing director of the uh, Little Island Lighthouse in Norway. It's very nice to meet you, Elena. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is quite interesting. <laughs> well, uh, first of all, as I said, I, I, if you could uh, say your name properly in Norwegian, and also if you could uh, say the name of your lighthouse in Norwegian for me. Yeah, the lighthouse is Littleøyfyr, which actually means the little island lighthouse. So that's why I used the little island in English. Right. Uh, also because there is a letter there, Norwegian letter, the O with a, uh, something in the middle of it, uh, which complicates the matters a bit. And the same with my name. My Norwegian name is Ellen Maria, but I always mm -hmm. use Elena in English. Uh, mm -hmm. So, And then my family name is Hans Dansen. Okay. Quite long and complicated, but quite simple meaning. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, pardon my mediocre pronunciation. But um, FYR uh, is a lighthouse in Norwegian. Is that correct? Uh, That's correct. Yeah. How do you how do you pronounce that? Fyr. 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 And okay, that, that... Has, that has a few meanings in Norwegian. It ah. means a flame, but it can also mean a man. Ah. Well, that's interesting. Yes, it is. Like English, we have uh, words that mean uh, multiple things, so it, gets, yeah. it can get very mm. confusing. So what exactly led you to buy and restore a lighthouse in the first place? Mm. It was a French author that made me very much aware that I love the sea, and I was starting to longing for the sea and small islands. Her name was uh, Marguerite Jursenard, and she ended up living up the east coast of 
US, I think. But mm. that's a parenthesis. Reading her book uh, when I was in the beginning of my 20s, I was uh, really becoming aware that I had a strong longing to live close to the sea and if possible, living on a small island. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I thought, Elena, that you cannot even dream about because that's only for rich people to be able to live on a small island, more or less by yourself. So then I changed that whole little dream and I said, well, but I can always dream about living as close to the sea as possible. So I decided I want to live as close to the sea as possible. And then I worked mm-hmm. as a tour guide uh, in Norway for French tourists for quite a few years, traveling all around Norway, seeing more and more of Norway and the Norwegian coast, quite long the Norwegian coast. And then I started to feel also very attracted to the northern part of Norway. I am not originally myself from the north. I come from the south of Norway, but this lighthouse where I am is in the north. So this attraction and I would say longing to the open sea, that is what has initiated my journey towards uh, the lighthouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I can completely understand the attraction to the, the sea. And from what I've uh, seen about you online, it's it's pretty apparent that you have that love. And I was just thinking of one photo that I've seen in you in a couple of places online. I think it's on your Facebook page. There's a picture mm-hmm. of you standing on the railing of the, the lighthouse on the, the, uh, the lantern gallery, as, as we call it, of the lighthouse looking out to sea. It's a great picture, mm. and uh, it's not something I'd recommend to the average person to do. <laughs> but I love no. the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, before you bought a little island lighthouse, were you involved, like, in the hospitality industry at all, with hotels or B and Bs, anything like that? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, my father was a chef, and I normally say I grew up on in restaurants and hotels. We were actually moving quite a lot between hotels and restaurants in my childhood. And so my first work experience was in the tourism business since I was Mm -hmm. 10, 11 years old. And I continued uh, in that business or that kind of work uh, swear, uh, even during my studies, my later, my university studies. And uh, for many years, I felt it was quite nice. It's a nice platform to meet people when you're social and stuff, but I felt it was a little bit superficial in many ways, you know, big hotels, lots of big groups, etc. So I was, so I didn't have that as a dream to continue to work in. So I more went into journalism and then I specialized also in the Middle East. So, but when, when the journalism work I had didn't really satisfy me at a certain point and I heard about this lighthouse up north mm-hmm. uh, then I um, then suddenly I started to think what shall I live of if I move up north in Norway you know and uh, how can I survive and then I got this idea that hmm, maybe a small guest house would be something so then my old my old kind of roots came out and um, it felt very easy for me, safe, like a safe platform, like a platform I knew quite well Mm -hmm. to stand on when I wanted to do something else. Uh, Were lighthouses particularly an interest of yours before you bought the property there? 
No, you know, I, lighthouses had a, I feel all lighthouses has a kind of magnetic uh, power to them mm -hmm. uh, for many people, at least for me they had, but I didn't, uh, I, I didn't know anything about lighthouses, neither in Norway, neither, I hadn't even visited a lighthouse mm -hmm. before I bought this one. So no, I must say no, uh, it, it, but it was like a total new field mm -hmm. uh, coming to me when I, when I moved here. Okay. And have you become more interested in lighthouses in general since you oh, bought, bought your lighthouse? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wherever yeah. I go, it's, uh, it's a lot about lighthouses. If there is a lighthouse in the neighborhood where I go anywhere, mm -hmm. I want to see it and know more about it. And of course... There are a lot of similarities between many lighthouses and the history. And uh, mm -hmm. so, no, uh, today I'm super interested in lighthouses. Yeah. Well, that's great. And if you come to the northeastern U.S., uh, please let me know if you can. And I'd be happy to try to help, help you get be, to some lighthouses. Yeah, that yeah. would be so interesting. Yeah, it'd be fun. Uh, so your island is within the Arctic Circle. I'm correct about that, right? Exactly. And uh, what's the weather like this time of year there? Well, this year, I would say spring comes very late. So it's a, it's a reminder this year that really we live beyond the Arctic Circle. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it could as well be spring, uh, beginning of April. But I would say springtime, compared to living in the southern part of Norway, comes late mm -hmm. but winter time here at the at the coast is quite mild so um it's rare that it's more than minus five degrees uh, mm -hmm. of course when it's windy which which it is quite often mm -hmm. uh, by the open coast then it feels stronger but but uh, thanks to the gulf stream coming from uh, South America all the way up here mm -hmm. we have quite a mild climate so there is no frost on the sea around the island and this is quite a small island so the sea around this island is always uh, between three and five degrees during winter time mm -hmm. which also then means that the snow comes here the latest in the whole region and leaves the first in the whole region it's quite mild and the lighthouse itself turns towards the south with a good little rock um, against the north. So I can plant things, herbs, vegetables, flowers, which I mm -hmm. really love. So yeah. I feel that despite the fact that it's uh, yeah beyond the Arctic Circle, it's not too cold. It reminds me of recently, I interviewed two people at the Sumbera Head Lighthouse in the Shetland Islands. It's not mm -hmm. nearly as far north as you, but because of the Gulf Stream there also, they have a surprisingly mild climate, although they said it's extremely windy there much of the time, kind of, yeah. kind of similar to, to you. So let's talk about the, the lighthouse itself. Are there any stories about the history of the lighthouse, maybe how it began and or the history of the people living there that especially you find especially interesting? Yeah, well, this lighthouse was uh, made primarily after a demand from the fishermen in this region. This region called Vesterålen and Lofoten in Norway, it's famous in Norway uh, for its cod fishing and other kind of fishing. It's a very, mm -hmm. very rich fishing fields around here. And so it was primarily for the fishermen that the lighthouse was, uh, was decided to be built in 1906. And then in six years later, then in 1912, it was, it was finished. 
And um, this is a so-called coastal lighthouse. So it means there is just one white light, not a green or, or red zone, just white zone. And it's also this lighthouse, it's quite small architect. I mean, the building itself is quite small. It's not very tall, but it mm -hmm. stands up on a rock. We have three lighthouses like that in Norway, very similar. So the light, when it came from this, uh, from the tower itself, uh, was 55 meters beyond sea level. So that's relatively high, yeah. also in a Norwegian perspective. And when it was uh, electrified in the end of the 50s sometime, then it was uh, the second strongest lighthouse in Norway. And uh, there are people in the region that had grown up with the signal of this lighthouse mm -hmm. and find that very special. When I moved here, the light was still uh, coming up from the lighthouse tower itself. Mm -hmm. uh, but some years after I moved here, the coastal administration from whom I bought it, they had decided then to put up a new light, a little smaller version, and it's not now coming from the tower anymore, the small mm -hmm. light on this property. Okay. Yeah. Is it on like a, some kind of modern steel tower or something like that? Yeah, it's not really a tower, I would say. Mm -hmm. It's more like a like a very quite a tall little small construction with a lead light and there is a little solar panel mm -hmm. three small solar panels on it and it's not as strong as it was and it has a different symbol now it's one white light every 10 seconds and the other okay. one and not the same range now it's just 12 nautical miles uh-huh okay so a moment ago you, re you referred to uh it having a lead light that would be what we call an led yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, a lot of our lighthouses, especially the offshore ones, have been converted to LED lights as well. Mm. And in a lot of cases, just like yours, the, the range of the light, how far it's seen is less than it used to be. So we have a very, very similar situation here. When it was a staffed light station there was there there was one keeper and a family living there is that correct no this was built uh, for two families okay uh, two lighthouse keepers with families so it mm -hmm. was a so-called family station and in addition they had one assistant so there were three uh three keepers okay. three keepers taking care of it one of the reasons is a small curiosity is that when the the tower is so small to run it, they had to go up to the tower and work the winch more often than on a tall lighthouse because it took longer time for the heavy weight to reach the bottom of the tower Right. It, uh, it, it, in, in the long tower and shorter time in the short tower. Right. And that's why actually they needed three keepers to mm -hmm. be up there 24-7, especially during uh, the winter time here. Mm -hmm. When it's really dark and it has to, the, the light has to be running 24 hours. Beyond the Arctic Circle, it's during wintertime, it's really dark. Mm -hmm. So then the light has to run 24 hours for a few weeks. So was there also a fog signal at the station? A foghorn? Uh, no, not here. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's because in this area, uh, the fog normally is not there during wintertime, but only during summertime. Mm -hmm. During summertime, one, there is not so many fishermen. And two, 
summertime we have on the contrary to the winter 24 hours of light right so then the light is not shown then of course they could have been the fog the sound but uh, no it 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 was never any anything mm -hmm. like that here so in the the time of year when there was no or very little uh, darkness were the were the keepers still retained there during that time of year were there keep did the keepers still live there yeah 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 mm -hmm. they lived here so this was uh, at this it was a family station and people lived here with their families the keepers mm -hmm. on the island this island and there is a neighboring island two islands standing alone in the open sea mm -hmm. uh, people have been living on this island since stone age but today uh, i am the only one living here right but at the time when there was lighthouse keepers with families, they lived yeah. here with their family all year round. All year round, okay. Mm. Uh, so what buildings are on the island besides the lighthouse tower itself? So today there is only the lighthouse, the, mm -hmm. uh, the buildings on the lighthouse premises on the mm -hmm. island. Right. Because the others, when they moved, most of them in the 30s, 40s and 50s, then at that time it was still profitable or economic to take the building to demount the building take the wood down because we have wood houses they they were rowing the material in and rebuild the material another place this so, happened in norway when the state had to provide electrical network to most of the households in norway and then the state realized it would be quite expensive to provide a cable an electrical cable out in the sea to people on the small islands so then they suggested that they could get a little subvention, a little grant if they took the material and moved to mm -hmm. what we call the mainland. So there's a, a keeper's, what was a keeper's house that, that you live in, is that correct? Yeah. And you just mentioned uh, the, the cable that was, is there still a, a submarine underwater cable that provides power for the island or where does the power come so, from? No. So I have to produce the power myself. Mm -hmm. So I have a diesel generator and solar panels, and uh, I'm working very hard to get the good windmill. Mm -hmm. We also save rainwater to get water. When you bought the property, what kind of condition were the, the buildings in? They were quite good condition. Then it had been lighthouse, keeper here, lighthouse keepers here until 2003. And I mm -hmm. moved out here in 2006, three years later. So the buildings that were here were in quite good shape. They had renovated the, the keeper's house uh, around 1980 and with quite a lot of materials and stuff. So it was quite okay. So apparently you didn't need to do a tremendous amount of renovation before you opened it up for visitors. Is that right? No, but it did look very nice. So, you know, there mm -hmm. were certain things I wanted to do. And uh, also recently this year or this winter, we have, actually taken off the modern asbestos plates that they had put on in 1980 and modern windows and put the house back as it was originally with this wooden structure and old mm -hmm. kind of windows. I think it has got its old soul more back. So we, I feel that's nicer. You live on the island. Do, do you live there year round? Yeah. You do? Yeah, I do that. Okay. I have my own boat. There is no, um, uh, there is no ferry or anything going out here, and yeah. uh, people never thought that Anna Wood would come. 
anyone mm-hmm. would come and live here. So, but I, um, I have my own boat, uh, and I have quite a special also uh, boat elevator to take the boat up from the sea in order to to save the boat when it's stormy. That is the only American thing, as far as I know, that I have on the island. It's a boat elevator from Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your cat has joined us for the yeah, interview yeah, here. Yeah. What's the cat's name? The beautiful orange cat we're seeing. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. His name is Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> I call him Lawrence. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Lawrence. Yeah. Every every lighthouse should have uh, at least uh, one or two cats. You don't have a yeah. dog. Dog also, do you? No, I don't have it. I have two cats, and mm-hmm. there might be a dog later. I don't know. Are the accommodations there? The the uh, the overnight accommodations for the public are those open year round? Yes. Also. They are. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Of course, then during winter time, people have to come before it's dark. So they have to be present at the harbor uh, at the latest at two o'clock. And uh, it's a bigger risk that there could be a storm. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the, there is more of an adventure coming here uh, during mm-hmm. winter time. But the weather and the light in particular can be so beautiful during winter time. And of course, we also then have the northern light that we are looking for. So I would say a winter visit can be so exceptional and really worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I also have open for guests during winter time. You mentioned you have your own boat. It's like an inflatable or what you might call a, a rib boat. Is that is that correct? It's a rib boat, but it's not inflatable. It's very durable and it's hard. So, uh, but, but it looks like a rib boat. So it's an open mm-hmm. boat with a strong engine and it's made for stability. So I can go out in a small storm with it. So you obviously had to go to the mainland for supplies uh, pretty often. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have a big stock, so I can be here for one week or two weeks or sometimes even longer. But mm-hmm. uh, then, of course, uh, I would normally need some fresh stock. Yeah. Sure. Do you fish at all yourself? It's not my, it's not what I love most. I love fish, though. But this is such a, a, a rich fishing region that, it's so easy for me to buy fresh fillets directly from the fishermen coming here at the harbor mm-hmm. and delivering fillets. So I'm a bit spoiled there. Yeah. Uh-huh. How large is the island? It's about 0.7 square kilometers. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not sure if that that is actually just a number I feel because... This island, the topography is quite up and down. There is a small little mountain, not very high, just 100 meters. But it takes a good hour to walk around the island. And if Mm -hmm. you really want to walk on the really outskirts of the island, then you can be walking for a couple of hours. And you can, if you are here for a week, go for new small paths every day. It's quite rich. Is there interesting, uh, what we'd call beachcombing, you know, finding uh, interesting things that have maybe washed in uh, on the island? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have found uh, letters, uh, b- bottle letters, do you call them now? Uh, messages in a bottle, bottle, we would exactly. call them. Yeah. yeah. Messages in a bottle. Yeah. Quite a few. Can you describe the accommodations themselves? Currently, I have three double rooms. They are in the, also in the lighthouse keeper's house on the first floor and we have three double rooms uh, with uh, good beds and two bathrooms. So they are not en suite, but they are quite close. We serve food. So it's full board with breakfast, lunch uh, and dinner. And 
we are working now to to facilitate better and to have like a bigger restaurant on the ground floor mm. and then have one more room. So with the next year, we will have four double rooms and a kitchen and a restaurant. Mm. Okay. Because when people come here to this island, of course, they are stuck here. There's no other restaurant or place to go. So we have to accommodate. Then mm-hmm. there is the lighthouse tower itself, which we are also renovating now. And next year it will be ready. So that will also then be rented out as uh, a place where people can live. One or mm-hmm. two persons, preferably a couple. What sorts of food do you serve there? You mentioned seafood. I imagine that's a big part of it. Definitely seafood, mm-hmm. as long as people want that. Otherwise, we also have, it's also a region with the sheep. So we can also serve that if people want meat. Of our own vegetables, uh, you know, also seaweed we use and homegrown potatoes, carrots and special herbs from the island, from the north. So I try as much as possible to, to go local with the food products. Yeah. Do you do the cooking yourself? Yeah, uh, I have done quite a lot of cooking myself, but I also have had quite a lot of good help. Mm-hmm. And this year we are expecting uh, there will be a professional chef coming from UK to help us for the summer. So that's mm-hmm. quite nice. We hope that next year that we will have a professional chef here year round. Oh, that's great. Are guided tours available for the guests who stayed there? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We have, uh, of course, it's the lighthouse history uh, that I explain and talk a bit about. And then it's also the other history on the island, as we have remnants on the island from 6,000 years ago and up until today. Mm-hmm. And uh, so people coming here will be able to see and learn quite a lot about a range of northern Norwegian coastal history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are tours also available for people who might not be staying overnight there, but come to visit during the day? Yeah. So that is something we are now this year opening more up for and hopefully more even next year when we will get the restaurant ready that people could come for a lunch and then a guided tour on the island. We are hoping to be able to facilitate for this more and more. And do do many people come in their own boats? Not so many. Uh, Mm -hmm. Of course, my harbor system is not really big or large. Yeah. Uh, But during summertime, there is some some sailboats. There are not many sailboats in northern Norway, but sometimes there are some come passing by and I have a floating key there and they are coming there. But and when we have special events and stuff, other boats are coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this region, which is a very traditional region, most people that have boats, they use them for, to go fishing. So that's why I will accommodate for or facilitate for the boat transportation. And you can see the northern lights from the island, or yes. the Aurora Borealis, right? Yeah, it's very easy. We just open the door and go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, when all the other conditions are there, meaning it has to be a clear sky and there has to be some extra energy activity from the mm-hmm. sun, mm-hmm. This, this energy that is thrown out to the atmosphere and then drawn towards the poles with magnetism. Mm-hmm. So when this phenomenon is happening and the sky is clear, we, we see it. And, and even just the last time we saw it was 
couple of weeks ago. Now it starts to be quite uh, not so dark during during nights. So then it's more difficult to see it. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had some very nice northern lights. I was just reading there's a lot of solar activity lately. I don't know if that affects uh, what you're seeing. But here in New England, in the U.S., uh, because of the solar activity, I was reading that we will be able to see see the northern lights down into uh, New Hampshire and Maine. I've never seen it. Um, oh. I'm, I'm tempted to try to get some place where I can see it. That's on my bucket list. I want exactly. to see that sometime. I was, it, it can be quite nice. Of course, it's a natural phenomena. So it does as it wants and it shows up in, in different shapes and, and colors as well, depending. So And of course, there is something with the photography and the photos they can capture it stronger sometimes than we can see it with our eyes and i would say a lot of the photos we see makes the northern light stronger than it is in reality mm-hmm. but i think it's still very beautiful and worthwhile seeing so tell me again you talked about this earlier but uh, clarify for me how much daylight there is in in summer and conversely how much darkness there is in, in winter there yeah, so uh, very soon, in around three weeks, at the end of May, we we formally have the midnight sun. Mm-hmm. And that lasts then until first week of August. And then it is, we are talking about 24 hours of light, 24 hours of sun, if it's sunny. Mm-hmm. And then during wintertime, by the last week of November until the second week of January, there mm-hmm. is no sun. Mm-hmm. We cannot see the sun, mm-hmm. but we can see some light. There is a little bit of light, so mm-hmm. but not the sun itself. So, but it can be dark then, especially if it's cloudy. Yeah. But of course, this is at the level where we are here at the little island. The further north you go, the longer is the darker period, and the longer is also the sunny period then the shorter the in-between periods. Mm-hmm. And here, the in-between periods where everything changes gradually then during spring and autumn. So what do you do there during the period when it's completely dark? Well, there is a lot to do on a lighthouse. I would say there is something special and interesting with lighthouse. You see the light far away, you know, and it's very magic, this light that you see from far away. Mm-hmm. But when you live on a lighthouse, as I experience it, then you just have to work very hard to make this light work. You have mm-hmm. to think very hard on making the daily things work. And life here is more cumbersome than in a big city. Uh, it takes more time to go shopping. Uh, it takes more time to carry the things 200 stairs up to the house, you know. Mm. Uh, be out in the rough sea uh, everything is a little bit more produced on uh, our own energy every daily core takes more time so that's yeah. to begin with then number two uh, all my years here i have every year tried to work harder in improving the situation for the guests to come for the garden to be bigger for mm-hmm. so there is a continuous long to-do list uh, that I'm struggling to keep up with. I really love the darkness and the calm it gives me. So I also try every winter to get some time only by myself, sit quiet in front of the fireplace, read. And then I feel then this darkness is really giving me like a big hug, you know, Mm -hmm. and giving me focus for, for the reading or 
writing. We're speaking today uh, via Zoom. So uh, you are on the island now, is that correct? Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. So you have, looks like you have a good internet connection there. Yeah, we have. Oh, I've been struggling hard with that. We, we just recently, uh, some months ago, ago got uh, a good internet connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I speak, sometimes I speak with people a few miles from me with Zoom and the connection is horrible. And yeah. here we are, I don't know how many uh, thousands of miles apart and uh, I'm seeing you just fine, and the sound is is loud and clear. So uh, you that's have a, good. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's great. Mm. Yeah. And do you have? Uh, well, you must have a, a cell phone signal there. Absolutely. That, yeah. I have a cell phone signal. It's not very strong everywhere, but mm-hmm. uh, at certain places, it's quite okay. Mm. Do you have TV there? Television? No, I don't have a television. However, I do watch films and television, but I normally use then the internet connection through, mm-hmm. through a computer, do it that way. So I imagine there's a lot of interesting wildlife around there, uh, probably marine mammals. Uh, what, what kinds of wildlife are seen there? Yeah. So of course, the most extraordinary with the marine mammals are the, the whales, the orcas mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. see around. We see them regularly all year round. Not They don't come really on appointments, but it's very nice when we see them. Mm-hmm. Then on the island itself, uh, we don't have so many, but we have sea otters and minks on the island itself. Okay. But that's also it. Yeah. Then we have white-tailed eagles mm. uh, quite a lot. And Norway is a protector of the white-tailed eagle in, this, uh, in Europe. And so there is one couple nesting on the, this island. And uh, we also see the eagles regularly. It's quite, quite nice. Of course, mm-hmm. the bird life is very rich. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Here in uh, New England, we, we do have otters and mink, but they're rarely seen. Mm. Uh, we, don't, we don't have orca. Of course, there's a lot of orca in the Pacific Northwest and the, the U.S. Yeah, but... yeah. It's very nice when you see them, but then there's no guarantee. There's mm-hmm. no guaranteed. Of course, yeah. Have you uh, ever been going back and forth in your small boat and have uh, orcas all around you? Yes. That must be interesting. Very, very. Uh, that, that has happened a few times. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I f- it feels like a blessing, you know. It feel, I feel so grateful. Uh, I would say yeah. that the thing that really took me up here, I said the sea earlier, but I can also put it in a bigger perspective and say that the things that holds me here, it's the sea, but even more, it's this mostly untouched wild nature. I feel it's very special to live so close to nature, be it through the birds, the sea, the fish, the, the whales, you know, uh, and the rest of it. I feel that's a very strong, it's, it's a very strong, fast, fascinating thing. And also with, with the changes of all the seasons that we have here very strongly as I try to explain with the light and stuff uh, for me all this makes the life here very very worthwhile even if it is a bit cumbersome let me ask you if uh, our listeners might be thinking about coming there what would you tell people to convince them they should come and stay at your lighthouse well I would say it is this uh, this mostly untouched nature that mm-hmm. is, you don't get it so very many places. We have some other also lighthouses in Norway where uh, standing on an island further out in the sea where it's mostly impossible to come during wintertime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here it's relatively close to the mainland. Like if the weather is good, it takes 15 minutes with the fast boat that I have. 
Mm-hmm. But of course, if the weather is rougher, we might use half an hour uh, and go slower. But being able to be more or less alone on a small island uh, that is now, uh, there is only the lighthouse premises on the island. And in this open sea uh, situation, I think there's not so many places where you can find that and year long so that people can also experience this in uh, in in a rough situation during winter time i think that is uh, that is something that i find very truly special is an offer a nice offer i think for those who are attracted to those kind of things yeah well, it sounds like it would be an experience of a lifetime for for a lot of people oh yeah absolutely I was going to ask you one more question for bonus points. Okay. But to some degree, I think you've uh, probably already answered this, but let me, let me ask you anyway, what has been your favorite thing of your involvement with uh, Little Island Lighthouse? Well, I moved out here for this kind of life because I was a bit fed up sitting in front of a computer. So I really love the practical life here. You know, uh, it's quite physical, carrying the shoppings out with the boat, these kind of things. So I, I, I like that part of the life here. In our modern life, we come more and more further and further away very often from this part of life, this more practical touch to reality. What is life really about? I mean, I actually have to, to now watch the the weather forecast with close details and and with great interest compared to when I lived in the city and it was just like, okay, sun or rain. Now I don't care much about the sun or rain. I only care about the wind and the strength of the wind because it has a meaning. Mm-hmm. So I like that part of it. But, uh, but then again, just being so close to nature is uh, very inspiring, very inspiring. The place itself and your life there are absolutely fascinating. It's it's wonderful speaking with you. I don't know if I'm going to make it to Norway, but I, I would uh, I dream of uh, maybe visiting you there. Well, if you will, you are so welcome. Would be mm-hmm. a pleasure to invite you here, and then hopefully you can be you could maybe sleep in the lighthouse tower itself. Would that <laughs> be quite interesting? That would be wow. I'll I'll bring my sleeping bag if I if I stay there. You wouldn't have to. <laughs> okay, I'm sure you're no, sure no. you're well sure you're well, well equipped set up a there. Good bed. We'll set sounds, up a good bed there. Mm. Sounds sounds absolutely great. So mm. Elena, again, thanks so much for spending this time with me. It's a real pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. You can learn more about the accommodations at Little Island Lighthouse at littleislandlighthouse.com. Also, Elena recently took part in a U.S. Lighthouse Society virtual event with other lighthouse accommodation directors representing properties in four different countries. You can see the video of the event on the U.S. Lighthouse Society's YouTube channel. That's right. Yeah, you can see that event on YouTube. Just do a search for USLHS or U.S. Lighthouse Society on YouTube and find the uh, Society's YouTube channel. Video of that event is there, along with a lot of other videos. It's also on the U.S. uh, Lighthouse Society website at uslhs.org. Next week's episode of Lighthearted will feature an interview with Caroline Taylor of the Signal Tower Museum in Scotland, which is closely related to the famous Bell Rock Lighthouse. Thanks to everyone who works to preserve lighthouses or any kind of history. We're all on the same team. 
Be sure to check out the U.S. Lighthouse Society's website at uslhs.org. And please consider a donation to support this podcast and all the preservation and education activities of the Society. If you listen using Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. If you have ideas or suggestions, you can email me at jeremy at uslhs.org. The author and consultant, Mary Ann Radmucker, once wrote, quote, As we work to create light for others, we naturally light our own way, end quote. I hope we'll see lots of you at our virtual celebration of the 250th anniversary of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse. Today, the same day this episode is being released, uh, today on June 6th at 4 p.m., check out PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org for details. And again, if you miss it today, you can see it later on the USLHS YouTube channel, on the Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses website, and also on the U.S. Lighthouse Society website. As always, thanks for listening, and keep a good light. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Shine.